0: All right, well, there's just something that's just really been heavy in my heart. Uh, you know, I always try to minister from my heart when I get up here and get the opportunity. And so, uh, something that the scripture, the Holy Spirit dropped in me uh, concerning this scripture and something that I'm seeing that's happening not just in our world and the time that we're living, but also things that are affecting the body of Christ. And so I always try to come with you with, uh, you know, what is literally happening, and we're seeing a crossed, uh, you know, the body of Christ, not just in our body but everywhere. And the Holy Spirit gave me this scripture, and I want to, for the next few Wednesday nights, talk about this. And we're going to start in James chapter one. I uh, prayed today that people would really, really uh, be able to understand and comprehend that the eyes of your understanding would be able to make all the connections because of the hour that we're living in. And I believe that it's going to take true people to be able to boldly proclaim and know the word of God because so many people are getting off of the literal foundation of the doctrine of what we've believed and what has been laid down. Uh, from the apostles. Amen. From the Word of God. And so, you know, everything has to come from the Word of God. Everything. Everything. In James chapter 1 and verse 21 through 25, it says this, wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness this, the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Then he goes on to say, our main text for the next few Wednesdays, I'll read this one, which is James 1, 21. But I'm gonna go ahead and read it in context. It says, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if you, if any, be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened unto a man, beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth, this is King James, can't you tell? Can't you telleth? What manner of man he was, but whoso uh, looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So our main text is coming from James 1, And I wanna talk to you uh, for the next few Wednesdays about the saving of the soul. The saving of the soul realm. Because I'm hearing so much in the body of Christ about mental illness and mental, uh, you know, struggles that, you know, uh, there is nothing new under the sun. Okay? You know, back when I first started serving the Lord 27 years ago, I have to to be honest with you, I never heard the term bipolar, but now it's an epidemic, right? Um, And so I want to hit this topic head on because the problem is, is we're seeing it happen even in the body of Christ And what has happened is if you say anything to try to explain to them what the scripture says and how we can help this mental illness, then you're not being sympathetic and you're not being politically correct. That you are not being sympathetic with them but how many of you know the scripture says that Jesus Christ gave us everything that we needed that pertains to life in this earth while we live here and there is nothing new under the sun do you know in scripture there was people that had mental illness and it actually goes all the way back to Genesis because the bottom line is the soul realm has been affected from the curse. And then most of the body of Christ does not and, and do not teach that we are a threefold nature man. So I'm gonna have to lay a foundation uh, today and we'll get as far as we can get uh, and then we won't pitch a fit, but anyway. Um, okay. Okay. Listen, I never heard that I was a threefold mature man until 20 years ago. And this is still happening in the body of Christ, that people are not taught, all right? People are not taught that we have a spirit. We are a spirit being. We have a spirit, right? And I'm just going to put our little heart here as our spirit man. And I put a hole in our heart on purpose. Because every human heart has a hole in it that is only going to be filled by the love of God. It's empty. It's void. It's helpless. It's broken. It's even broken. Has a hole in it. Has a broken. Everything is broken. And the only thing that can satisfy and can fill that broken heart or that hole in our heart that we are so in the earth trying to fill with everything that this earth can get us and we're still not satisfied because it was supposed to only be filled with agape love, which is the love of God. All right? So we have a spirit. We are a spirit man. John, uh, let me give you scripture for those that are new and you don't, you know, you might need to know this. All right, John uh, chapter four, verse 24, God is spirit and those who worship him, what? Must worship him in spirit and truth. Well, God is spirit and we were created in his image, right? So therefore we are spirit beings. All right? I'm only giving you one scripture. I could give you many, many more, but for the sake of time. So we have a spirit, right? We live in this body. Our spirit is what and how we communicate with God. It's through our spirit. Our body is uh, full of flesh and passions. And our body will not be redeemed until we take on our glorified body when we meet him. Right? That's when we'll receive a glorified body and then our body will be in alignment with who we are. All right? But until that happens, we're always gonna have to deal with this flesh and the, and the passions of this flesh. Always, until he returns, we're going to have to learn how to crucify our flesh and put it under. We have to keep it dead. And we'll talk about that in the days to come. All right? Then, not only do we have a body, we are spirit, we live in this body. This body, once we get born again, is the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? And then we have what we call our soul. The soul realm is the mind, our intellect, our wi- uh, the will, mind, intellect, will. Uh, also, it's called the seat of our emotions. All right, my pen. Thank you for the Washington board seat, all right. So we have our spirit. We are housed in this body. We have a soul realm, which is our mind, will, intellect, how we reason, how we process. It's the seed of our emotions, all right? The goal we're gonna see, and I'm gonna prove it in scripture, is that we are to get our body and our mind and our soul realm in alignment with our spirit. Once we get born again, we know that the scripture says in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things became new. And Ezekiel even prophesied it, right, when he said in verse 36, 26, that I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I'll remove the heart of stone and from flesh, and give you a heart of flesh, I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will be careful to observe them. Once we get born again and we get a new spirit, we get a new heart, our heart wants to do what the word of God says, what the Lord says. It wants to. The problem is this gets in the way. And then the other thing that gets in the way is this body, its passions, its desires that God gave us and that are all natural, but they're supposed to function properly underneath his promises, right? It's natural for a man and a woman to come together. It is unnatural for a man and a man to come together. Romans says it. Sodom and Gomorrah proved it, all right? It is unnatural. So the natural body has passions and desires that were given from God for a purpose, right? But we have to learn how to align all three realms to the Word of God, all three of them. And so, so many people are not teaching that this soul has to have control, Because you can see in scripture where he talks about having a reprobate mind. Or a depraved mind. So this mind can go crazy if we don't learn how to keep it in alignment with what the word says. Okay? It can go crazy. And we're seeing it happen. People that once believed God and stood on the word of God. Are falling away and walking away from the fundamental teachings of the gospel. When we this is this is sad because, you know, we did youth ministry what 18 years ago and and used a book for our teenagers called Kiss Dating Goodbye. That person that once stood on the foundation and the doctrine of the Word of God has now, uh, you know. Uh, withdrawn himself from saying that he was wrong all these things doesn't he even believe God anymore this is happening on a continual basis continual people in the church committing suicide and it all has to do with the mental realm the mental realm And we're gonna see in the weeks to come that the scripture has plenty to say about the soul realm, the mental realm. Plenty of it. Because you know what? The Lord loves us so much. He wants every area in our life restored. Actually, 1 Thessalonians chapter five and verse 23, you should know this. He says, I wish, right, beloved? That you would remain blameless and all spirit, soul, and body preserved and complete without blame at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is concerned about every realm of who you are. Every single realm. And not only that, he's concerned about your soul being mentally stable. Let me read you a couple of scriptures. Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven, he said, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a what? A crazy mind? An uncontrolled mind? A sound mind. Actually sound mind, uh, one translation says a disciplined mind. If we never tell our mind to shut up, we are in trouble. If you let everything in the world run through your mind and don't take it captive, you're in trouble. All right. And we're going to prove this through scripture. I've got many, many scriptures to come because I believe it's an epidemic in the body of Christ right now, but not in this church. The Bible says we don't have to be ignorant of the devil's devices. And one of his only device is that he wants to mess your mind up. And he wants to keep it messed up. All right? And so he said this uh, in Psalms 23.3. It says, he restores my soul. He wants restoration to our soul, not just our spirit. Not just so we can say when we die, we get to go to heaven. He wants our soul, our mind in alignment with our spirit. Okay? He wants it restored. He wants us to have a sound mind. Uh, and then in Matthew eleven twenty nine 29, it says this, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your what? Your soul's. There are so many people that are so anxious and having anxiety and it's only because they just have no rest in their soul. They let it just run 24-7 all the time. Things, pondering, thinking, taking in and never navigating and, and, and having a control on anything that's going through their mind. And so therefore, there's no rest. What is the number one thing I hear people say? Well, I can't sleep at night. Well, why can't you sleep? Oh, just thoughts going crazy in my mind. Right? I say, mind, shut up. I need to sleep. Because I have authority over it. And I can tell you a real easy way to shut it up. Just pull out the Word and start reading. And I can guarantee you, you'll go right to sleep. But the but the serious thing is is that people are not doing it, and then we're hearing that you know God you know just because Jesus you know loves you doesn't mean he can heal your mental illness. Baloney. But people are listening to this, and this is where deception is getting in. A thought, a deceit is getting into you to say, well, God really can't heal it. And people are falling for it. Saying nothing is just as much as saying something. And the body of Christ, we are to be a support and a pillar of truth in the age that we are living. And we love people so much that you hate seeing the deception running crazy in it. And they're falling for it. All right? But he says, listen, you'll find rest for your soul in me. Why would he say these things if we could not have them? And then the number one thing, why did he tell us that in 1 Corinthians 2.16 that we could have the mind of the Christ? Is Christ depressed? No. So can we have the mind of Christ or not? Yes. I don't know about you, but I believe the word of God. Yes. Amen. I believe that we can have the mind of Christ. But if you listen to some in the body of Christ, they're going to tell you, you can't. I mean, we are, I mean, we are battling guys. The spirit realm is battling right now and people are bombarded with so much happening in their minds and we have to be aware of what's happening. All right. We have to be aware of it. Psalms 94, verse 19. When my anxious thoughts, people take pills for anxiety, guys. And here the scripture tells us what we can do with anxiety. When my anxious thoughts multiply within me, your consolations delight my soul. What is his consolations? The word. When my anxiety, when I am anxious, it is his word. The Bible says in James 1, 21, that it is the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. Let me tell you, the only thing that is going to save people from mental illness is the engrafted word of God. It is not the medications that everyone is on. I'm telling you, it's gotten even crazier. It is not. The only thing that is going to save a person's soul is the word of God being engrafted in them to where they're thinking, talking, saying the word. Amen. And he wanted it to be that way because he knew our soul needed help. Not just our spirit man. Everybody's so focused on just getting born again. So when I die. But yet all these people that are just getting born again are still dying early. Because they're not being taught how to actually apply the word. And what the scripture says on how to deal with circumstances and situations going on in life every day. Every day. Mental illness is real. And all of us has probably had a mental illness. I'm telling you. We all have had to deal with thoughts bombarding our mind till it made us sick. Have you ever, I'm just so sick I can't even think about it anymore. Has that words ever came out of your mouth? It's made you sick. Sickness is a? Illness, And it all came because you were thinking and pondering and meditating and, and rehearsing a situation even to where things going on in your life, I mean, made you throw up, right? Been so anxious and so, uh, you know, worried about a situation that it made you sick. And all of us have dealt with it, and all of us have used different measures to deal with it. Some of us have medicated our, our mental illness, some of us have used alcohol to deal with our mental illness, some of us have used sex to deal with our mental illness. Some of us, come on, reality. We've all used something. so that we wouldn't have to think about our problems and deal with the situation that's handed us. Right? We've all had situations. I remember going through a depression. I didn't even know it was a depression, but today I guarantee you I could have popped some pills if I would have went to the doctor about it. I mean, we had nothing. My husband says he's called to ministry. I never even heard him preach, and yet he's having me follow him all over the world. Pick up, got pregnant, had babies, had no money, moved here to go to a seminary, which was a cemetery, and literally thought I was gonna die, right? I mean I'm serious. I was to the point of no return. I was depressed. I mean we look back on our videos, you know, we had a big VHS and and the other not too long ago we were watching one of our VHSs and I'm laying on the couch like this. They're all jumping, having fun and I guess I guess I was depressed. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. But you know what I did in that time? Because no one else could help me, but I knew I could run to someone who could. And I started, listen, pastor didn't even know I was filled with the Holy Ghost at the time. We were still Baptists. He thought I was, but I had gotten filled. I got snuck over into the church of God that prayed in tongues and I got filled with the Holy Ghost. And so, it is the Holy Ghost that got me out of my situation. So, here we had no money. We were living in South Carolina. He's going to a seminary because he's called to ministry, yet I've never heard him preach. Following him all over the place. No money, no nothing. Literally, this is when, you know, know, we would wake up and there would be bags of groceries on our doorsteps. You know, and uh, Brianna had to go on cow's milk today. I mean, that was like awful. Everybody's organic and, you know, everything else. I mean, real cow's milk, whole vitamin D cow's milk, not organic, all homogenized and all that stuff. And because we couldn't even afford a can of formula. And listen how mental I was. I didn't even think about going and getting food stamps. Oh, you mean you could go get food stamps and get help? I didn't even know. Thank you, G. I could have (laughs) ate. But guess who brought me food? The Ravens. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because I started praying in the Holy Ghost and while pastor was at the seminary and I'm dying at the house, I was praying in the Holy Ghost, uh, you know, and got back in the word of God and saying, Lord, deliver me from this hell. Yeah, yeah, it was. I could tell you many more hellish stories. But we're not here to glorify hell. We're to glorify God, Amen. Because He's more than enough, more than enough to get us out of every, deliver us out of all of our troubles, even mental illness. So I started praying in the Holy Ghost, and then all of a sudden, my husband says, "I just don't think I should be here." You know, he kind of thank God, you know. Yeah, we shouldn't. We're dying. We have no money. You know, uh, (laughs) I mean, it's just been the worst thing. Every one of us got the flu and just we're all, nobody was around, nobody there to help us. You know, we're all, boy, and having flu. Never had flu the since. Never had the flu since. So... You know, so he, wo- he woke up, praise God, and said, you know, and I didn't tell him, but a little bit later on, you know, after we got moved, and then I told him, you know, I, I prayed in the Holy Ghost. And he's like, what? So then we went to an Assemblies of God church, and he got filled with the Holy Ghost, right? So what I'm saying is, is all of us have a story, That could have mentally derailed us. Have you ever contemplated killing yourself? This is nothing new under the sun. I tried to run off the road when I found out I'm pregnant at 15. Come on. Who's fooling? I mean, this is nothing new. How did we overcome it? Because I allowed the engrafted word of God to save my soul. My spirit man saved, but my mind needs to be saved. And it needs to be saved real bad. And it was the only the word of God that's able to do that. The scripture says it clearly. What does engraft mean? What does engraft mean? You know, so I did a little... Googling, because uh, I left a garden anyway, but I've never actually thought about the process of engrafting. I've known about it. So I Googled it, right? And see, engrafting means to unite to, right? To join to, to implant, to attach to. What? The plant has to, before they can engraft anything, the plant has to be cut. has to be cut, and sometimes when we're going through the process of engrafting our soul or saving our soul or allowing the Word of God to change us, it's cutting us to the quick. Right? But it's cut, and then they take the other piece and cut it and put the two uh, stalks together or trunks or whatever, limbs, whatever, together so that the nourishment, the sap, can begin to flow between the two. And they say when you engraft plants that they're even stronger against pestilence and that they're even stronger against diseases. Mental illness, right? The engrafted word of God is to help that disease. But so many times, if we don't understand that just reading the word and, and not allowing the word to take root in us is not going to change us, we have to allow the word to actually take root. How does it take root? When you read it, you actually begin to apply what it tells you to do. You're never going to be changed if your life is not in alignment with the Word of God. You can simply read the Word and get yourself in alignment with it. Outside of, you can do all the do's and what it says, but not ever allow it to penetrate in your mind and get you changed from the inside out. It's legalism, right? Law. You can do, oh, I can't wear this, I can't do this, I can't do that. You've heard it. I don't wanna go to church, all you gotta do is do 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 all these you can't do's, right? Well, someone like that has never allowed the word to actually change them from the inside out, right? So engrafting, do you know that when people have leukemia, it's the same process? Because when I was looking up about a plant, it actually said engraftment. And engraftment is literally when they do a, a bone marrow transplant. So, when they put the white blood cells into the patient, it has to, uh, they call it, if it's done, it's engrafted in. It, it was engraftment. That means it took hold of what it was supposed to do in the bone marrow and put in those white blood cells because then the white blood cells that have been engrafted in another person is there to push back what? The disease. Same process. So, so many times people have, even today, believers are so busy that they're not taking in the word of God. And therefore, they're not reading it and getting their nourishment. They're not getting the, the, the substance that they need from God. And they're trying to just go through the motions and doing all these kinds of things in the natural. And you're not really seeing the word that's been engrafted. Because when the word becomes engrafted in you, nothing can get you off of it. Nothing. 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 And you can actually literally see uh, when it attaches to you, there will be a change. There'll be a change. When it's been engrafted in you, there will be a change in you. There will be a change in you. Your mind will change. You'll begin to think right. Listen, the word of God. How's my time? The word of God. Is to do one or two things. It's to form or strengthen uh, a uh, belief, a belief, and then that belief is to govern what you think what you say, and what you do. Behavior, confession, thoughts. So for us to have the mind of Christ, we're going to have to allow the Word of God to be engrafted within us. And then once that Word begins to form and a belief within us I'll tell you a belief. I believed, you know, never knew that, uh, that we could walk in healing, right? Until 20 years ago, then we found out uh, by his stripes, I've already been healed, right? And that he paid for our sickness and disease while he was beat on the cross, right? So what was happening? The word was being spoken, but then that was a forming of a belief within me. People can thwart the forming, before it ever takes root and gets engrafted because just because you hear it doesn't mean you got it it's not till you're practicing it and you're seeing results of it in your life that you can say you believe it because a belief can be seen within your life it can be there's evidence of it Evidence of what you believe. Evidence that by his stripes. Evidence of the fact that he's healed my body. Evidence of the fact, right? Whatever the scripture says belongs to us, there's evidence of it because I've allowed the the word to be engrafted within my soul realm and in my mind, right? So that I can get my body into alignment. Body, you can't, this cannot be attached to me. Whatever the case may be, Right? So then what happens is, is people that have had beliefs formed within them, now we're seeing what the scripture literally says will happen in the last days, that many are falling away. They're falling away because they haven't continued to strengthen what they believe. They think they already know it. I got to go somewhere with greater revelation. I need to know what you need to do is read your Bible every day, pray, 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 right? And grow, grow, grow. Because it's the word of God that is our source, our nourishment, our everything that we need is found in the word of God. To keep us in a place where our belief system, this is what I call this chart, where our belief system is actually continuing to function in our life. And then as that belief is either formed or strengthened within us, this is continual continual until he comes, until he comes. And then that belief now, what is to govern? It's to govern our thoughts, our thinking, our actions, our words. That's so why I don't understand how you can hear people that say they go to church all the time. And yet you hear F and this coming out of their mouth. Uh, I don't think that's in alignment with what the scripture says. Right? So what is that telling me? They've never had a belief formed in their life that they're actually letting govern them because they don't realize that life and death are in the power of the tongue. Or that our words create Right. They've not been taught those things or maybe they have and they just reject it. People, many people reject truth that's being taught. They reject it. Many scenarios, you know, for mental illness, you know, I do believe that people have mental problems. But I believe there's an answer to every mental problem. Some of it, I believe people are chemically imbalanced, but guess what, I believe there's a God who can get your chemicals in alignment. Because I believe in the healing power of God. Right? I believe that people, you know, need help. They need help. What do they need? How to navigate through the Word of God, right? So that I can uh, help them and show them through Scripture. So this is to govern what you think, your thoughts, what you're saying, what you're confessing, what you're doing, your behavior, So once we get the word of God engrafted within our hearts and in our lives, then we ought to begin to start seeing our soul realm, our mental realm, begin to line up. And the goal is that we get our mental realm lined up and our body lined up against, or our our, uh, our, uh, soul and our spirit lined up against our body. So if the spirit man wants to do the word of God because it's now a new heart within us and the soul realm where the enemy has access and plays his games can get into alignment with the word of God, then what do you have? You have two against one. So that means then now my body won't have a chance. My flesh, those passions, those desires, I won't want to be sleeping around. Right? I won't want to be doing all these things, uh, you know, with my body. Because my spirit and my soul are saying, no, the Word has been, right? The Bible says that the Word of God richly is, should richly dwell within you. So that any time a thought comes, you have an arsenal on the inside. Any time something comes against you, you have an arsenal of weaponry, which is the word of God to say it is written just like Jesus did when he was tempted on all accounts. Everything Jesus was tempted with is everything man is tempted with. And, and how did he whip it every time? He spoke the word. It is written. If we are not keeping the word of God alive in our hearts and allowing it to be engrafted in, attached to, a united with, join to us. And I'm going to tell you, coming to church and hearing the preacher preach is not enough. And I'm going to tell you this no one will ever be able to replace and i've said this before you sitting down and reading the word of god for yourself everything else was to be supplements but what we're finding is is that people are trying to live off of supplements it was never meant to be right you can't just live off of vitamins you have to have sustenance and the only way you're gonna allow the engrafted word to actually get implanted in you is when you sit down and read the word. And you sit down and take that time to meditate in the word yourself. Read the word, pray, right? Not listening to this person and that person and reading these books and doing you know all the podcasts and all these things. Those were meant to be supplements, not your main course. And this is why we have a lot of deficient Christians because they're living off of supplements and not receiving it for themselves from God himself, from the Word of God. No matter how much society has changed and how great society and technology is, nothing will ever replace you personally sitting down and reading the Word of God. Nothing, nothing will ever replace it. Amen? So he wants us to have mental wellness. He wants our souls to be saved, and that is only going to come through the Word of God. Hebrews 6, I'll end uh, with two more scriptures, and we'll close. Hebrews 6, 18. No, excuse me. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews 4. 12 says this, for the word of God is living and active. It's full of power, making it operative, energizing. I'm reading out of the amplified and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword penetrating as far as the division of what? Soul and spirit the completeness of a person, and of both joints and marrow. That's the body, right? The deepest parts of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of one's heart. So as we are reading the Word of God and allowing the Word of God to be engrafted within us to save our soul, we see that there is from the Word of God... It is active, it is full of power, and the Holy Spirit is going to begin to then speak to you. How many of you, if you're a believer, have ever sat down in the Word of God and and the Holy Spirit just began to illuminate to you what the Scripture is saying? Something on the inside. You're like, wow, yes, I mean, the Word's just come alive because it is alive. And it's trying to speak to you uh, exactly what you need to be able to change and adjust or whatever the case may be so that the word gets in you. Because when it does, then it's going to be able to help expose bad thinking, thoughts. And this is why it's so important that we have the word of God in us because so many even believers are thinking wrong. There is a right way to think, and it has to be in alignment with the Word of God. And there's a wrong way to think. And wrong thinking will not get you anywhere. There's a right way to think. The Bible says in Proverbs, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What a man thinketh in his heart. If you begin to think something in your heart, what are you doing? You're pondering, you're meditating. Next week, we'll get into that. What happens when we allow the scripture to permeate us, right? What is it doing? It's a washing of the watering of the word, the scripture says. It begins to wash us. It begins to water us. Washing and water, right? Water Obviously cleans you, but there's some washing. There's some extra things you have to do in some little areas. You know, when I painted my house, you know, I'd get out of the tub and then I'd find, oh, there's still paint on my elbow or whatever. Just because I got in the tub didn't mean it was going to wash off. There had to be some extra scrubbing going on, right? And so the word will do that. And he'll keep, he'll keep at it. He'll keep washing too because his goal is to get you pure, clean, and actually ready and prepared for his return. Amen. But it takes us being able to think on his word and meditate in his word. Amen. So the word of God has to uh, continually be put in our Um, hearts every day as bread, the Bible says. Give us this day our daily bread. The Word of God is our bread. You go without your food and I would see a lot of hangry people in here. (laughs) But we're seeing a lot of them in the spirit realm. Because they're going, they're going about with wrong food. Wrong food that they're eating. They're trying to eat vitamins for their main course. Trying to do all these other things to get the results. And the only thing that's going to get the result is allowing the word to be engrafted within you. This is last scripture. Because from next week on, we'll start looking at some things that the scripture literally says that we must do with the mind. Romans 12 2 says this do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of the what? So the mind has to be renewed. It has to be renewed. And renewing is part of that engrafting. Is part of that engrafting. Renewing is part of that engrafting. It says, so that what? That you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. I know that the will of God is not just to sympathize with people that have mental illness and to comfort them. As they go on this journey of life. No, the word of God says he can empower us to actually bring us to a place of having a sound, well mind. See the difference there. Why? Because my belief is on scriptures, not what people and society is trying to tell us. So I don't care what society is trying to say. This is what we're saying. We have to know what the Word of God says and the Scripture says, and that is what we stand on, and we don't move off of it. We don't move off of it because it is a belief that has been rooted in me of what the Word of God says, but because we start listening to all people and all, you know, media, facebooks I mean, social media, all the, everything. Every commercial is a pharmaceutical commercial that they can help our mental illness, but our liver might fall out. <laughs> I'm serious, guys. We cannot buy the lies and the deception of what is happening in our world. And the only way we are going to say sound in these days and in this hour is that we know what we believe. So that we know what is the will of God, what is the perfect will of God, what is the good will of God. We're not going to know it outside of us not being in the word. So therefore, we need to continue to allow our minds to be renewed to the Word of God. Amen. I want to read this last scripture in Hebrews 6, 18, 19. It says, so that by two unchangeable things, you know there are things that are unchangeable. I don't care that the world is pushing transgender and, uh, you know, all these, uh, marriage between, you know, same sex. Listen, we have to stay on the word of God because it's the word that's going to set people free. It's the only thing that's going to set them free from the deceptions of the enemy. And we have to love people enough to not just keep our mouth shut well, I don't want to offend them. I don't want to hurt their feelings. You know, they're having this whole conversation in the office about, you know, uh, two guys that they know that, that, you know, get married and all this stuff and they want you to engage in the conversation. I'm sorry, I'm not going to engage in it. It's not right. And we have to start saying that. It's not my opinion. It's what scripture says. It's what God has said from the foundations of the earth. It's what... Jesus preached. So I don't know that you believe in the same Jesus that I believe in if you're allowing homosexual marriages to happen in your churches. It's not the Jesus that I read in Scripture. You know, the Bible says in Jude, in the last days, we're going to have to contend for the faith. What is that faith? The faith that has been passed down since Jesus walked on the earth. The, the faith that was in Mark eleven twenty three 23 and 24 that says we can have the God kind of faith. Amen. Amen. We have to contend for it. We're having to contend for a lot of things. And what's sad is when we see people buying the lies and falling off, right? Hebrews 6, 18, it says, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. Either God said we could have the mind of Christ or we can't. And, you know, some people think Jesus was a lunatic. Yeah. Some people believe Jesus was a lunatic. I mean, there's whole doctrines about it. So do you believe the lie that he was a crazy man because you heard other people believe that? Or do you believe what scripture says? I believe he's a God that cannot lie. And what he put in his word, is settles it for me. Amen everything he said. So it says it's impossible for him to lie. We who have taken refuge would have strong encouragement to take hold of the hope set set before us. Verse 19, this hope we have as what? An anchor for our soul. What is the hope that God can't lie? So no matter what goes on in this world and in society and what we're seeing today happen to believers that you once fellowship with now that no longer believe there's a God, to pastors that have fallen off and said everything they've ever believed and preached for all, going and repenting to their congregations. This is happening on a daily basis. Happening on a daily basis. Yet he tells us, listen, the only thing that's going to keep us anchored and keep our soul anchored is the hope that God is a God that cannot lie. Amen. So there's some crazy things going on and people's minds are getting uh, deluded and delusional. Because of all the thoughts that are going through our society right now. And you better have your soul anchored to the word of God so that you don't get off. Because he says, many will fall away from the faith in the last days. He even said, will I find faith in the earth when I return? Jesus says this. And so we have to make sure that we are allowing God's Word to transform us, renew us, and allowing Him through His Word to get that rooted in us, get that firmly persuaded in us to where we believe what it is that we preach, what it is that we say when we come. Yeah, we go to church. We've, what do you Do you believe you just go to church or do you believe you are the church? And do you believe that the Bible says that actually the church is the hope of the world? So if the church is falling away, how in the world are we gonna be able to help this society? we have to be firmly persuaded in our belief systems. Amen? And allow the world, the Word of God to transform our mind, to change our thinking and get our thinking in alignment with what the Word of God says so that we won't allow any uh, deception to try to take hold of our life and get us off and get us in a wrong position and wrong thinking. Amen? Because He wants to restore our mental illness. He wants to restore our souls. He wants you to have peace that passes all understanding, but we won't have it outside of the word of God. Amen. And daily communing and supping with him. Hallelujah.